so we'll do uh, the one that you want to do first. How are you going to brand this? Are you going to go like AFC North and NFC South predictions plus NFL future awards? Yeah, plus like the NFL because I pretty much have done everything but those two divisions and my uh, awards for the season. So that's all I have left to do. I've, bro, I've literally done like a fuck ton of podcasts this week. Yeah, I'm down to do mine first, first or your first. It doesn't uh, matter. Let's go ahead and do yours before. first. I, I, got, I got yours written out right here. I bet. Um, my, mine shouldn't be very long at all. Like Literally, the only thing that I kind of want to do is expectations mm. for week one and pick every game against the spread. That's just about it. All right. That sounds good to me. I can definitely do that. Um, on the games that I'm actually already betting, I'll go ahead and say, like, I've already made a bet on this game. But on the ones that I haven't bet yet, I'll just be like, yeah, I'm still, like, looking at this one, not 100% sure yet. And I'll give what I'm leaning towards. And honestly, if that I don't really, if I don't have a bet on it, I'm just going to give a handicap for the opposite of yours. And I'll say that. And I'll just be like, just because you're taking this, I'm going to play devil's advocate. Just try to make it better. All right. But I'm actually very excited to do your podcast because that's the type. Those are the podcasts I look forward to the most are those betting ones where we're just gonna break them down. And and uh, usually in in the last I don't know fucking four months or five months I, I've gotten a little bit better about doing like if I am doing like a betting podcast it's only betting it's not just me and you sitting here talking like like the other ones are like it we are the daily degenerate you know so we got to kind of make it seem like we're we're betting on everything so fuck yeah we do. All right, um, all right. Let's here. I just sent all those emails. Let me pull this. All right, all right. Let's do this thing. Let me know when you start recording. All right, I'll give you the signal. All right, ten seconds. Three, two. How's it going today, guys? I'm back here live in the studio for another episode of Hot Takes with TP3, doing my last podcast before the NFL season is finally underway. We're sitting here one day away from the season starting. Um, I'm joined once again by none other than Cohen Hughes. Cohen, say what's up to everybody. Everybody, what's up? We are live in the stew, ready for what we've been waiting on this whole quarantine. I know we all love MLB. I know we all love NBA, but this is betters primo territory right here. NFL season. Lucky to get it kicked off. I'm glad we're here, and I'm glad the first game we actually get to watch will have 17,000 fans in the stadium at Arrowhead tonight between the Houston Texans and the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, yeah, Cohen. I can't wait for that game to go ahead and kick off and everything. Um, not going to lie, guys. It's been a pretty uh, stressful week of podcasting. I've had to pretty much try to cram all my NFL season previews into these last two weeks just because, I mean, I didn't even know if we were going to have a season, didn't I, know. I even saw some new names on, on, on your podcast. Like You even have, have a few new guys that you kind of hit up and are like, hey, give me some give me some takes, my man. Come on, let's get it. Yeah, I've been trying to spread the wealth, share the love. But as you all can tell, if you've been listening to every single episode, you can see – not only have I saved the best division, the NFC South, for last, but, I mean, there's nobody else I'm going to have to talk about it with me than my fellow Falcons fan, Cohen. But we do still have the AFC North to do, so we're going to start from there and make y'all wait a little bit longer. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that me and you are Falcons fans. Me and you live in Atlanta. We cheer for the Falcons, but I hate those sons of bitches. 
Yeah, I mean, Cohen said it best, honestly. I mean, the Falcons can we, – we have a very love-hate relationship with the Falcons. For some reason, my computer is not pulling up my uh, Google at the bottom. But let's go ahead and start things off. We'll go ahead and lead off with the Baltimore Ravens. Their win total, I believe, is set at 11.5. I'm going to double-check that in here in a second. Cohen, you going over or under? I'm going to go right under at 11-5, and five, not because I think the team itself will get worse. I think Lamar Jackson will improve on some of those – the sophomore mistakes that he had, the fumbles, the intros. But I think that once you get tape on a guy like Lamar Jackson, it's literally the job of NFL defensive coordinators to gather tape and find a way to stop the gimmicks, stop the offenses that really hurt you in one particular way. So I don't think the Ravens will, you know, kind of lose some of their potency based on what they do. I think it's how other teams respond to them. I had them right at 11-5. and five. Yeah, so, you know, actually, they finally got it pulled up. It is at 11 and a half. My memory served me well there. But I'm actually going to go with the over here. And, I mean, I think 11 and 5 is pretty – is not a terrible pick either there, Cohen. But, look, when I look at this team in the this season and everything for the Ravens, I mean, honestly, they got better, man. You bring in Calias Campbell – you bring in some of the other guys that they did. I mean, yeah, Earl Thomas is out of there. Apparently, he's a locker room problem. So, I mean, anytime you get rid of a locker room problem and you bring in a guy like Earl Thomas, like, I think that really changes a lot of things for your team here. And it makes me like their outlook even more headed into this season. And I see no way that the uh, Ravens don't go over this win total. I mean, I've seen people who project them to go 16-0. and 0. I'd say that's a little absurd, but I think they're definitely going to go over. They could definitely go over. I just think that the way that the NFL responds to these defenses – um, you can really game plan to stop guys. And if you're not going to you know, stop it altogether, you can at least stop some of the bleeding. Um, I don't think that Lamar is going to go up there and hang 50 burgers on everybody like he did last year. He, he'll come close. He'll, he'll put his team in a position to win. But because defenses in the NFL evolve and get better, I'm going to stick right at 11-5. and five. Hey, I definitely don't hate that. Um, Fantasy-wise, players that I'm looking for to play on on the Ravens team is, to be honest with you, the only – player I'm crazy about drafting is Mark Andrews. I think he's a can't miss. I think he'll absolutely ball out for them this season in fantasy. Especially if they plus, lost Hayden Hurst. Mm-hmm, that's what I'm saying. More catches for him. And if anything, Lamar is the kind of guy who likes to throw up the middle. You know, that's his sweet spot when he can do those little read options and just kind yep. of throw a little quick a little, pass to Andrews. Yep. I think that uh, Hollywood Brown's more of a daily fantasy guy who's going to have some big games and also some games where he struggles. But to be honest with you, I would touch none of these running backs just because Lamar Jackson takes a lot of the rush yards and he takes a lot. He's going to vulture a lot of the touchdowns. And they did bring in J.K. Dobbins, so they kind of have a three-headed monster in that backfield. Also, too, I mean, I would take Lamar Jackson, but as high as he's going in the fantasy drafts, I'm very against drafting a quarterback before the eighth to ten round area, so yeah. I wouldn't take him for that reason. And, ju- and just realize, um, I don't know if you guys caught up on this last year, the Ravens have a really good defense and they're really well coached. The only reason that I would not take them in fantasy is because the Ravens offense can score at will like that. So you're going to have a tired defense going back out on the, on, on the floor. And it's not that they allow so many scores that they allow a lot of yards, but stop them before the red zone. So I would stay away from the Ravens just solely because they're on the field so much. Yeah, no, I mean, that's not a, that's not a terrible choice at the same time though. You know, the Ravens can run the ball and run a little clock down. They, they so. can, they can, but they're, they're, they're way more, liable to hit those quick scores than they are to grind you out for a whole game no you're very you're very right there on that one um up next we'll move to the cleveland browns their win total is locked in right now at eight and a half uh which way are you going and why cohen 
Um, I have right under. I actually have the Browns third in the division. I have them right under at eight and eight. That's what they went last year. I don't think their team got necessarily worse, but I don't know if I believe in having a first-year head coach and trying to go over the eight-win total. Baker's going to get more mature. Baker's going to come in and, and and play well, a little bit better than he did last year. But defensive coordinators in this league are so hungry that they will go at you and they will pick at you and they know how to make you make you tick. I'm going to go right under at eight. I'm actually going to go over on this one. I like going over this one a lot. I think they get exactly nine wins. And look, they they drafted offensive line. They bring in Jack Coughlin. They bring in Austin Hooper. Baker Mayfield was substantially better when he ran out of the 11 personnel. They now have two nasty tight ends and not to mention a great offensive line to actually support him this time. He has so many weapons at skill positions. He's got Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt. He's got his receivers, Odell Beckham. He's got uh, Jarvis Landry. He's got Antonio Callaway. He's going to be suspended for a few games. They have a couple other receivers, too. I'm drawing blanks on their names. But I think the Browns have stacked it up. Then when you go look at the defensive side of the ball, I mean, they definitely lost a couple guys. But at the same time, I like everything they have. they got a lot of young guys on here who are only going to get better. And you got Miles Garrett, who's, in my opinion, a top-five pass rusher in this league. And I think he's poised to break out even harder and have a chip on his shoulder after everything that went down and kind of his name being drugged through the – through the mud with everything that went down at the end of last season with him hitting uh, Mason Rudolph in the head with his helmet. So I personally think the Browns are going to go over. And I honestly think Stefanski is the kind of guy who Baker needs to work with. I think he's going to put him in the best situation to succeed. Uh, so to go off of your point about Stefanski and 11-man personnel, Kevin Stefanski, when he was with the Vikings, that's where he had most of his success as an OC. So I look for him to put Baker in 11 personnel about 60% of the time to get those mm -hmm. those those two tight ends and those big offensive linemen to protect him. Uh, Baker's a guy who loves to hit the tight end. I think Austin Hooper is an incredible safety valve tight end. He's not going to wow you with any physical attributes or any skill, but he has good hands. He's worked on the hands. And um, I think that him playing in that 12-man personnel with all the tight ends and all the size is going to be really good for him. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree with you completely. I think it's going to be really good for Baker. I actually love Baker quarterbacks i mean i'm the kind of guy who drafts two or three kind of later on in the draft and i really 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 would like you guys or anyone to draft baker by the way cohen has my uh, audio sounded off at all just because i just realized that my actual mic i wasn't using i was using the airpods at first i gotta so i don't know if, yeah that's what i'm saying so i don't know if my voice just started sounding better or not but um anyway back to what i was saying um i hope i hope i sound a little bit better for you guys you now do, you but do, you do Okay, good, good, good. Yeah, I like I like Baker Mayfield a lot this season as a fantasy quarterback. Um, I'm, I mean, I think that Njoku and Hooper kind of be hit and miss, but I think that Odell and Jarvis are definitely worth drafting, and I think Kareem Hunt is worth drafting as like a running is a running back number three option. To be honest with you guys, I don't really want Nick Chubb because he doesn't really catch passes, and I mean scoring touchdowns is pretty random for running backs. So I mean, if Nick Chubb's not scoring, is not scoring touchdowns. I mean, don't get me wrong, the talent's there, but where's he going to get the points? I mean, sixty-five yards is six point five points. That's not shit in this fantasy. You better yeah. hope he has a touchdown. If it, it, like like if you're if you're banking on his rushing stats, you better you better hope for a Derrick Henry style, you know, two touchdown game with a lot of yards. Because other than that, he's not going to run up the score. I like drafting Austin Hooper, especially in those deeper PPR leagues. If you can get to a 12 man PPR and find Austin Hooper, even I know some leagues are streaming him. I don't I don't agree with that. I think he should be a drafted player. Um, I think he's going to take over a lot of Njoku's uh, touches and a lot of his receptions. Austin Hooper is a perennial PPR tight end. Play him. Yeah, no, I agree with you, Cohen. I mean, I think that I would definitely draft Austin Hooper. I'm a big believer in if you miss out on Kittle or 
um, Kelsey or Andrews. I would honestly, I mean, don't get me wrong, I think Higby's going to ball out, but I would still draft just a backup tight end just because I think it's a little bit better for your team. But anyway, let's we got to stay we got to stay on topic so yeah, we can yeah. keep this thing this moving. Is a, this is the fantasy gonna, power hour. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Or else we're going to go for three hours on this. But so Cohen went under just by a point by the point five by the half point. I'm going over by the. I think we'll go over. I don't think the hook will hurt us in this situation. Um, the next team we have in this division is the Pittsburgh Steelers at nine and a half wins. I'll start us off on this one. I mean, y'all know that I'm a Steelers are kind of my second favorite team in the league. Um, I actually think the Steelers are going to go over this, and I actually have the Steelers making the playoffs here. Look, last year they went eight and eight, and Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph were probably two of the sorriest excuses I've ever seen for a quarterback in the NFL. They made the forward pass look like it was the 1920s, 1950s again, like it was a new concept. I mean, absolutely pathetic, man. It was hard to watch. They made my eyes bleed. This Steelers defense is nasty. I mean, they add Mika Fitzpatrick. They have so many dogs on this defensive side of the field. The uh, TJ Watt is ready to, you know, kind of take his game to even another level here. If Big Ben's able to stay healthy, also the good report is Big Ben looks like he's lost weight. Big Ben stays healthy, and he's even half of what Big Ben used to be, adding in there from Eric Ebron and re-signing and signing Nick Vanette. I mean, I think Big Ben's got the weapons he needs, and I think Juju Smith-Schuster and James Conner can't miss for fantasy. Um, I like James Conner and Juju Smith-Schuster, especially with Big Ben back. It was kind of a wasted year last year to only have Big Ben for, what, three of those games? Um, yeah. The the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think, had two games last year, and I think they were in a row, actually, where their defense outscored their offense because they had two takeaways in the same game twice. Um Pittsburgh Steelers must play uh, defense. I think. I think. I think if if you're going to look for a defense and you need to play somebody, I think Pittsburgh Steelers are a top three choice in the NFL. Um, I like James Conner simply because his workload is so big. I'm going to go ahead and fade Big Ben on his first year back and maybe his last year. I think he'll play well in terms of actual in-game play for quarterback, but I'm not quite sure he's going to do it for me in fantasy. Hey, you know, I'm definitely not against drafting Big Ben as a backup quarterback. I think he's more than worth that. But, yeah, you know, I like like me and Cohen said, I mean, the Steelers pretty much had no offense whatsoever, and they were still able to win these games. So, I mean, you put – if Big Ben is even – basically, Big Ben just has to be average or he just even needs to fall in the 15 to 22 range of quarterbacks, and I think the Steelers can mess around and make the playoffs with how good that defense is. So He, he could play as the number 32 quarterback and be better than, than the production they had last year. And I'm not even like, – I'm not trying to joke around. Like, Doug Hodges and Mason Rudolph were below – the last place like I there were start there were backups for other teams I would rather have yeah and I almost feel bad for Duck Hodges keeping him and Mason Rudolph in the same sentence that's how bad Mason Rudolph is I mean I think Mason Rudolph might be one of the worst NFL starting quarterbacks I've ever seen in my entire life and that's not even me trying to be mean or anything I mean it was awful watching him try to play quarterback and I honestly thought he was going to be a decent QB and I mean he's just when you when you can't make the throws that are in the flat and that are about seven yards ahead of you you've got no future like he was a good story and the Duck Hodges kid was a good story but they have absolutely zero lasting talent in terms of the NFL fell whenever you can't make a, a a simple lead out in the flat you're done let's put it this way the only thing mason rudolph will ever be known for is getting hit on the head with that helmet because that's the only time i've ever seen that happen in, a, in an nfl game so that's about all he'll claim to fame baby everybody's got one <laughs> hey that's not a horrible one to have right there the last team is cincinnati Bengals, who have the third lowest season win total on the season at five and a half wins 
Which way are you going with this one and why, Cohen? I'm going to go right under at five. I don't think they're going to be as bad as we are used to seeing them. Usually this Bengals team kind of falls ass first into a few wins every year. I think it will be a very convincing, improving Bengals team. Um, Joe Burrow, I think, is the truth. I think he's going to be really good in the NFL. He's not going to be as good as Trevor Lawrence, but that's a conversation for another day. The Bengals have a ultimately talented quote-unquote team. Defensive side of the ball is a little bitty bit better than the offensive side of the ball because they have proven players. You do have a good offense. Uh, let's just see how the head coaching you know, kind of kind of thing goes. Um, I do think they're going to go right under at 5-11. and 11. Um, You know, I'm, I'm in the same agreements with you. Like, I really don't think the Bengals are going to be that bad, honestly. I think they'll be a lot like Arizona last year. When I look at this offense, man, you have T. Higgins, you have A.J. Green, you have Tyler Boyd, you have Jeremy Hill. Just to sit there and name a few guys for you. Yeah, you lost Tyler Eifert. I don't think that's the end of the world, though. He was hurt most of the season last year anyway. I hurt most of the last three you know, years. Yeah, but I mean, I think Joe Burrow's going to be a decent NFL quarterback. You know, you forget he's not your stereotypical rookie quarterback. He's coming in here at 20, what, 25 years old, I believe. He's my age. So, you know, I think that Joe's going to have a good year. And, I mean, I just think this team's going to be high variance. Like, I think some weeks they're going to come out here, and if a team doesn't wake up, I mean, the Bengals are going to turn around and throw a 38 piece on you. Some weeks they're going to come out, and you think they're going to show up, and they're going to turn around and get beat 38 to zero. You know, that's just the growing pains when you're a young team. Also, I'm not a huge fan of Zach Taylor. I think he's very unorganized, but this is Zach Taylor's chance to change my opinion on him. I actually thought he'd be a good coach, but then once I watched that last season win, I mean, although last year was kind of a shit show, but I'm going to go over by one, by half, and I'm going to say they go to 6-10 and 10 this season. I think the Bengals will find some things they like, and they'll build towards a decent future next year. I mean, I, I really will say this, though. I think Bengals are a team that we need to judge week to week because, I mean, when the public's throwing them in the trash can, it's going to be the perfect time to jump all over them. And when we get expectations for them, that's going to be the perfect time to fade them. So I think they'll provide a lot of value like that moving forward. I have written down right here, um, they're going to steal two or three wins that they probably shouldn't have gotten. And for a team like that, in terms of what me and Penland do, in terms of long-term season NFL betting, um, we like to – we like to think that the Bengals are a team that will lose often, but will cover the spread often as well. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. I'm I'm 100% in agreement with you right there, Cohen. Um, real quick before we move on to the NFC South, let's rank them in order. Obviously, coming at number four, I have the Cincinnati Bengals. Any pushback from you? Not a single one. Um, coming in here at number three, I have the Cleveland Browns by a slight bit. And, you know, I think Cleveland will end up fighting it out until the last day of the regular season for the playoffs. Any pushback? Nope. I have I have the Browns fighting with the Steelers. I got them a win, win off of each other. Yep. I've got the Steelers as well coming in right here. I actually have the Steelers making the playoffs as a wild card team right here. I just feel like, you know, with Big Ben back in there, how good the defense is, they should be able to make it. If they're 9-7, and seven, like I have them written down as, uh, they're going to have to get some help from some outside sources to be able to get the wild card. Last year, that wasn't the case. 9-7 and seven would have gotten them into the playoffs. But I think with the AFC improving in, in general and the division being so tough, I think they're going to have to get some help from some outside sources to make the playoffs at 9-7, and seven, give them about a 60% chance. Okay, okay. Um, and then, obviously, I mean, the Ravens right here. I mean, I've seen people, like we said, picking the Ravens go 16-0. I think it's a no-brainer they win this division here. The only way they wouldn't is if Lamar Jackson went down. And even if he did, I'd still give them a fighting chance with how because talented that roster because, is. Because you still have RG3, who really knows that system inside and out. It has been playing in that backup role for, for a year and a half, two years for them now. So I think that it's going to be really hard for them to go. any, Even if Lamar Jackson went down in game one, it'd be hard for them to go below 10 or 11 wins. 
Yeah, the last thing I want to say before we move to this NFC South is I'm kind of interested, too, to see if they what they end up doing with Malcolm Perry to see if he'll have any role whatsoever on this team or not. I mean, this guy pretty much set all the QB rushing records when he was at Navy and a lot of them for college quarterbacks. So it be interesting to see what kind of gadgets they throw him in with, like when they had that Heisman package and everything. Yep. So, I mean, that could be another little wrinkle they could add to the offense this season. Mm-hmm. Um, now let's move to the NFC South. And you know what? We'll go ahead and start things off with the New Orleans Saints, probably my least favorite team in all of sports yep. um, coming in here at 10 and a half wins which way are you going on this one Cohen I hate to say under for all these but I'm going to go under it stick at 10 um, the Saints they've really benefited the last few years from having a really opportunistic defense and being honestly up into the playoffs a very lucky team um, I don't think things are going to kind of fall their way this year because you have ultimate other players in the NFC South so I'm going to have the, the Saints right at 10 and 6 yeah, I'm actually going to agree with you on this one. I have the Saints right at 10-6 and six as well. Um, I think that the Saints, Buccaneers, and Falcons are going to be in a dogfight to win this division, honestly. And look, the reason why I'm selling on the Saints is Drew Brees is old, man. Drew Brees doesn't move like he used to in the pocket. I'm not saying that I think his arm's going to fall off. I mean, Drew Brees has never been a guy to throw down the field. He's always been a short pass guy, and I think we'll see more of that once again. I think personally the thing that's going to end up hurting Drew Brees this season is his lack of being able to move. I mean, there's going to be some games where these teams are able to get a pass rush on. You look at the Vikings, Daniil Hunter and Everson Griffin were eating in that backfield all game long. Drew Brees could do nothing about it. Quite frankly, Drew Brees has blown the last two playoff games for his team that got them eliminated. And so, you know, I think Drew Brees is just coming down on this on this path of getting worse. And, I mean, there's definitely a little locker room tension in there with his comments and everything that he made in the offseason. They bring in Emmanuel Sanders, so you know they're getting better, but mm-hmm. – at the same time, you know, like, I just feel like the Saints are due a little regression this season, and I don't think that they're going to run away with the offense. And they have one of the best home field advantages in the NFL, and they're going to have any fans in the stands. That's going to hurt, too. Yeah, um, I, I agree with almost everything that you say. I don't think the Saints will regress for anything other than natural reasons. I think that it is worth noting what Drew Brees said and how guys like Malcolm Jenkins and Emmanuel Sanders responded to that. I think that does have an adverse effect, but not one of very much note. Um I think that the Saints, this is going to be a very controversial comment, but I the, the, the time that I enjoyed watching the Saints most last year is when Teddy Bridgewater had to start those five, six games in a row. You, they showed how many dimensions that team had and how good the off, or the defense was. Like holding um, Chicago to, what, nine points? They won the game nine to ten. You know, so mm-hmm. like, I, I enjoyed watching the Saints more then than on the back of Drew Brees completing 40 passes a game to Michael Thomas three yards off the line. Um, I think they're better. I'm not going to say without Drew Brees, but they're better when they play that kind of whole football style of play. I don't know if Drew Brees can do that anymore. Um, It remains to be seen. They're uber talented. One of the best offenses in the NFC, if not the best. I'm going to have them at 10 wins. Yeah, um, I'm not going to lie, I've never enjoyed watching the Saints play except when they lose, so um, that's that's the only time I ever enjoy watching them play. Cohen, oh, a, but... oh, oh, a Saints game that Drew Brees is out of? Oh my god, I, 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 will, I will watch it, I won't like it. Hey, I'll never watch like watching the Saints, but I will say this, I think Michael Thomas and um, Alvin Kamara can't miss for fantasy, especially PPR. I mean, Michael Thomas is going to get that volume to catches, man, like you said, those five yards outs. Yep. Are, fan, are a PPR fantasy guy. I mean, you're, your mouth's watering over that if you're a PPR fantasy I, guy. I, I think that Kamara was graded a little bit too high. I wouldn't have taken him in the 4-5-6 spot, kind of where, where he was graded on ESPN. I can't speak for the other ones. All I play is ESPN and fan tracks. Um, I do think, however, with both of these guys in the conversation for Offensive Player of the Year, 
it's going to be a good year for the Saints. I just hope their defense can stand up like they have in years past. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely. It's going to come down to the defensive side of the ball. We all know Sean Payton's going to get it done on the offensive side. Um, let's move now to the newcomer we have division, Tom Brady and his Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming in here at nine and a half wins. Which way are you going on this one and why, Cohen? I'm going to go way over. You want to know why? Because I believe in Brady, I believe in the Bucks, and I believe in Bruce Arians. Um, this is a team that is built to where if things don't go 100% right for them, it won't have the most adverse effect. They can still win if things don't go 100% right for them. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers had the number one, number one, not number two, number one rush defense in all of NFL football last year. Devin White, I think, is is a the best next thing in terms of defense moving around in the middle of the field um they tackle well bruce arians really has the team disciplined playing well like last year the bucks won what seven games we were tied with the bucks for seven mm-hmm. and nine the bucks could have easily went 11 and five last year that game against the rams they lost should not have lost the game again the second game against us it in atlanta they, should no, they have beat lost. the rams they beat the rams they did beat the rams okay i remember it, it was coming down to the very last second it was like 50 to 50 and i, I thought the rams had the last possession so i thought they won but th- there were three or four games that the Buccaneers should have won last year that they did not, not strictly because of Jameis throwing picks, but a large part was. Bruce Arians has completely shifted the culture in Tampa Bay, and bringing in Tom Brady 100% shows that. I think the Bucks are going to go way over the 9.5 wins. I got them at 11 or 12. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on this one as well. I actually have the Buccaneers going way over this total as well. Um, I mean, look, honestly, I could see the Bucks losing the – I mean, at week one, I think they'll end up beating the Saints. The Saints are so bad in week one. Yep. But, I mean, I think they could struggle a little bit at the beginning of the season. But once they get Fournette, you know, like, in that system firmly, once Brady gets very comfortable back there, I mean, they bulked up the offensive line. Like you said, their defense, man, is unbelievable. I mean, they have they have legit guys up the middle, and they can get to the quarterback. They got Shaq Barrett coming back once again, who was top three in the league in sacks. You know, I think the Buccaneers are poised and ready to have a big season, as much as it pains me to say. You know, I honestly, I feel I felt a little bad for the Buccaneers over the years. I will admit that just always getting busted up by the Falcons and everything and everybody in the division. So it's a high time that they have a decent season here. I think that Brady will bring in the right culture. And the only thing though that scares me, man, Tom Brady is 43 years old. That's what people are leaving out here. I mean, it's a 43 year old quarterback. If teams are able to get in there and get pressure on him, he's not going to be able to do much. And also he doesn't have that strong arm to throw down the field like that. I think Mike Evans is the fantasy player that I don't want in this offense because he's more of a down-the-field wide receiver. He's the guy that's due to lose the most touches. Exactly. I think Chris Godwin, you'll see no drop-off in his play whatsoever. I also think that Gronk is really only going to be a red zone target, so I don't really think he's worth picking. But, I mean, this offense, man, this team is so stacked, so much talent. And with a veteran like Brady in there who's been there, done that before, I think he can put together good enough of a season to get them in the playoffs. Me too. Um, If we were talking about somebody like Jameis Winston or somebody like Taysom Hill or somebody like Teddy Bridgewater, it would be tough for them to come in with no no formal training camp, no preseason, none of this, none of that, no time with his team to prepare. But because it's Tom Brady and because it's TB12, I think he's got the guys right. I think he's doing the extracurriculars right. I think the Buccaneers are going to be actually scary. I'm buying into the hype. Yeah, I'm going to buy the uh, hype as well on the Buccaneers as much as I hate myself for buying in the hype, but there's just no way I can't not buy into it. Honestly, the reason that makes me want to buy into the hype, because Brady is 43 and I think he will definitely have his struggles, is the defense, man. Defense can make up for a lot of your sins on offense, and I think that defense will be able to make up for any sins that they end up having. One thing I will Uh, say is that the Buccaneers do not have the greatest offensive line in the world. Um, Last year, they were graded as playing really bad. I think they have some some good players on the offensive line. I think they're a middle of 
of the road offensive line, which is going to be an adverse relationship to Tom Brady because he needs time and he needs to be able to stay on his feet. If he gets knocked down too many times, he could end up hurt or shaken up or whatever. So I do think the offensive line is a point of concern. But with Tom Brady and all these little intricacies and all these little nuances that he introduces in, maybe the line will improve based on the, the guy leading them. Yeah, I mean, they did though bring in Tristan Wirfs, and they did bring in some other guys in free agency. So I think all that looks up for them there. So, I mean, it's going to be it's gonna be fun, man, to watch Brady play for a different team. Sure um, up next on here, I have the Atlanta Falcons coming in at seven and a half wins right here. Um, Cohen, I think I know which way you're going, and I think you all will know which way I'm going as well on this one. Um. It, it's tough because this year, um, I'll be honest with you, in terms of my hype for the Falcons and Falcons to the bowl, Falcons to the playoffs, it's pretty lukewarm. I think the Falcons have a really good team, and I think the Falcons have a really good nucleus. But outside of that, they didn't do anything to impress me in the offseason. You didn't really bring in any good defensive pieces outside of Dante Fowler, who is a question mark, I think, coming from Rams fans. And... You bring in Todd Gurley. I mean, I enjoy seeing Todd Gurley, and I think he'll only be like a, you know, kind of like a red zone, kind of maybe once or twice in the middle of the field, but most of his gears are going to come on on our side of the logo. But I just, I don't see how the Falcons lineup got any better. We lost Sanu. We lost Justin Hardy. We brought in some young guys to replace him. We keep on drafting these linemen that can't, that, that won't play because they're hurt or whatever. Um, I think the Falcons... As, as, as down as I am on all that stuff, the Falcons still have Matt Ryan. They still have Julio Jones. They still have Calvin Ridley. They still have an above-average offensive line, even though they, they don't play like it all the time. I think that the Falcons are going to go over the 7.5, but it's going to be 8 or 9 wins. I have written down right here 9 and 7. Could still make the playoffs as a wild card if things go in your favor, but knowing this NFC, things are not going to go in our favor. Hey, you know, Cohen... I'm going to say not so fast right here. I think the Falcons go over easily by at least two games. Look, we, whenever Matt Ryan has had a decent offensive line, the Falcons have played great. Look, our offensive line might not have been that great last year. We had some young guys, and we had some other new guys on that line. On top of all that, I mean, it's not like the offensive line could get much worse than they were last year, and the offense was never the problem last year. It was always the defense. Once we switched things over, we changed the whole culture and everything. I mean, if anything, we have momentum rolling this season. Look, Dante Fowler Jr. shows up and wears a jersey on the field. In my opinion, he's already doing better than Vic freaking Beasley did. I mean, Vic Beasley was absolutely pathetic, man. I mean, the fact that he led the NFL in sacks that year just tells you how off the pass rushers were that year. Um Hey, you better watch Look, out now. He's from my hometown, so I, I I might have to defend my man Vic Beasley now. Hey, I don't care. I'd say that to his face, too, that he is pathetic. I could care less. At this hey, point hey and, I, and I bet he wouldn't beat you up, his pussy ass. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. But anyway, I think bringing in Hayden Hurst is huge. I don't think we'll miss a beat without Hooper in there. And I think, honestly, Hurst is something to prove because he's a first-rounder that kind of got overshadowed by Mark Andrews. And I think he wants to prove that he really is that guy like that. I mean, I think we're definitely a little weak at corner and in the secondary, but at the same time, a little. the entire season's going to come down to one thing and one thing only, what football always comes down to. Can you get to the quarterback? And look, I'm going to buy in on my guy, Dante Fowler Jr. I mean, the Falcons couldn't get to the quarterback at all last year. I think him and Tack, who's in the contract put-up-or-shut-up year, are both going to come through big for the birds this year and be able to get to the freaking quarterback. I mean, when you look at our division, you have two 40-plus-year-old quarterbacks and then you have Teddy Bridgewater in there. If you can get to the freaking quarterback, man, you can get stopped in this division. Um, 
I, I, I really do wish I could agree with you. Um, from what Dan Quinn has showed me, he is not interested in making a punishing defense in this league. He's more interested in guys that can fly around the field and make arm tackles. Um, if you show me a way that our team got intrinsically better outside of Dante Fowler, tell me, and, and, and I may believe you, I may not. Dirt Cutter in the second year of this uh, offense is really going to make me mad. Um, it makes me miss Shanahan more and more every day, even though he blew the lead in the bowl. Um, the team did not get better for that reason. I'm still going to take the over, but I'm not going to go anything over nine and seven. Okay. And let me okay. ask you this. And let me ask you this. You think tack is in for a, a make or break year, right? Well, what pattern does this look like? Head case, low sack numbers, lots of promise. Vic Beasley. I think we're going to see a lot of the same thing with tack McKinley. I think he's more interested in tweeting and, and posting on Instagram that he is playing football. And I think the Falcons know that's why we didn't pick up that option. I think he's gone after this year. Um, I think that Tack McKinley is going to step up this year and put his haters to rest, and I think he's going to get the job done and have his best year yet as a Falcon, and I think the Falcons are going to have a damn good season. So. I, I, I hope I'm wrong. I love the Falcons. I hate the Falcons. I love that they're my favorite team out of any pro sport ever. I like them more than the Jazz. I like them more than the Braves. Literally, my entire week is predicated on did the Falcons win or did the Falcons lose. I'm in a good mood if they won. I'm in a bad mood if they lost. I was in a bad mood a lot last season. Yeah, you know, Cohen, I'm right there with you. I'm Falcons and Hawks guy over everything. So, trust me, I'm right there with you. I'll ride or die with my boys as well. But, hey, I th I'm, I'm excited for this season, man. And I think we got a very good outlook coming up for this upcoming season. Um, damn. Up next um, is the last team in this division, and that would be the um, – well, I'm gonna draw the Carolina Panthers. At they're scheduled here at five and a half wins. Um, which way are you going with this one, and why? Um, it, it's going to be a hopeful under. I think the Panthers are at the least benefit of playing in the toughest division in football, the NFC South. Um, they're going to get beat up on by a lot of the teams in our division. Could be a sweep in the whole division. I mean, some of their wins may have to come outside of the division, and that's why I'm going under. I have written down 5-11. and 11. I'm very hopeful for Matt Rule. I think his offensive prowess is good enough to cut it in the, in the NFL. Same with Cliff Kingsbury. Um, I like some of the moves they made. I don't like starting Teddy Bridgewater in that offense. He's not really built for that sort of thing. Um, he's more of a things need to be made. His bed needs to be made very neatly for him to be successful. I do like bringing in Robbie Anderson. The growth of DJ Moore is going to be important. I'm going to go under, but it's a hopeful under at 5-11. and 11. Good times are ahead, Carolina Panthers fans. Don't worry. Yeah, I think the Panthers are going to find a lot of good stuff to build off of. I just think that their defense would be so bad, man. They lost their top eight tacklers this year, including Hall of Fame linebacker Luke Keekley, not to mention the year before that, Thomas Davis Sr. walked away from the team. I think this team's lost a lot of guys. I think they're going to have a pretty tough season this year. Um, I think that offense, though, is going to be an offense that's going to produce a lot of good fantasy points with Curtis Samuel and with DJ Moore. Like you said, you know, they're going to be losing a lot. They're going to be trying to throw that thing around the yard a little bit. Um, I think Bridgewater and Rule will be decent this year. I think the Panthers, they were tanking more so and looking towards next season. They want to get one of these top quarterback prospects coming out to pair in there with the young mind of Jim Brady, their offensive coordinator, who I predict will be gone within a year, year and a half. He's the next Kyle Shanahan, in my opinion, next McVay type coach. Um, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna go under on this one as well. I already actually played under on this one, so I feel pretty confident in the Panthers going under that win total. Yeah, me as well. There will be a lot of good plays that, that we'll see from the Panthers. There will be a lot of hope that we see. But one thing that we will not see is any defense whatsoever. When you lose, like you said, your top eight tacklers from the last two years, 
and you have a coach who is known not to play a damn bit of defense at all, and and he's your offensive coordinator, and you're and you know like you don't have much hope for a defense. There's going to be some really ugly games. I I would be willing to bet that this would go way under the five, but it's only because it was manufactured this way. Um, this is probably one of my most confident picks of the year at under five, same as Penland. I, I, I like how he already played it. Probably got the best number for it. Um, Rule, Rule is going to be good. Anderson's going to be good. DJ Moore's going to be good. I think Teddy will be okay as a good stopgap, but I think what Penland said is correct. They're trying to get one of these top quarterbacks in next year's draft. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely, Cohen. Um, before we go to the to the season awards, let's rank them one through four. Coming in at four, Carolina Panthers. Any pushback? Not at all. Um, coming in at number three here, the New Orleans Saints. Any pushback? Yeah, lots of pushback. I think the Saints are a double-digit win team on one of their worst days. Um, I think they're going to finish second in the division. I think the Falcons are at number three. The Falcons can still make the playoffs. We've done it in this division. Hell, what was it, three years ago? The year after the Falcons lost the Bulls so, so bad, we were the team that had three teams. We were the division that had three teams in the playoffs, and um, the Falcons were the only returning NFC team to the playoffs. So, you know. Hey, I'm not banking on us putting three teams in the playoffs like that. Look, I actually think the Saints are going to miss the playoffs. I think it's high time that they have that down season. They've lost in so many disappointing ways year after year after year in the playoffs. Plus, Drew Brees saying all this stupid stuff. And, I mean, he's not necessarily racist, but he definitely had a very poor choice of words. Let's put it that way. Um, I just feel like the wheels are going to fall off here soon. I mean, we've seen the blueprint for how you can beat the Saints. I mean, I also think as well not having that crowd noise really, really hurts them. I mean, you can't even hear yourself think when you're an opposing team walking into New Orleans to play. And the fact they don't have that going for them, I'm very down on the Saints this season. And I personally think the New Orleans Saints will miss the playoffs here at number three. Um, coming in here now at number two, I'm going with the Atlanta Falcons. I think we're about to surprise everybody. I think we're being swept on, roshed under the rug. I love the narrative. We have no defense. I love the narrative. We haven't gotten any better. I love the, all these narratives because last time I checked, we have one of the most explosive offenses in the league. Yeah, but we can't score. We can only kick field goals. That's 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 is our problem and has been our problem for the last half decade. Hey, we were able to punch him in in that MVP season. You know why? Because Devontae Freeman was able to run the ball down around the red zone. Todd Gurley is a great red zone running back. I think Todd Gurley, look, he's not going to be the Todd Gurley of old who was a beast putting up those nope. numbers that he did. No but Todd, But Todd Gurley is going to be able to score touchdowns still. I mean, Todd Gurley was injured last season, and he was still punching in touchdowns left and right as a beast in this backfield. So I really just don't see any way Gurley doesn't build off what he did last year and keep it going into this season. I'm – for a guy like Gurley, who has the injury that so so, I've talked to Brad Meekum, who who is on the Daily Degenerate podcast. He is a uh, sports medicine professional, so to speak. He is a personal trainer and a uh, one of the guys who runs out on the field and tapes up your ankle for for some schools here in the area. And he said, realistically, Gurley's injury can't really get worse. It's arthritis. It's just bone on bone grinding. It's if if he can play through the pain. And if he can, you know, just suit up and get out there and, and run, it'll be kind of, you know, there's there's no really risk for re-injury. But I think that our coaching staff is going to be a little bit overzealous with keeping him off the field and giving Brian Hill and Quadra Allison some looks. Yeah, you know, and I don't hate getting either of them some looks either. I think both those boys can tote the rock as well. So I like everything looking in this season for the Falcons. And winning the division, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, who would have thought, man, we'd be picking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win this division? Not me. Not, not, not at all. But, hey, I'm, I'm glad to see we're both on the same page on this one. 
Um, next, it is time for our in-season awards real quick. First, we'll do the play our playoff teams and our Super Bowl prediction, and then we'll go from there on the rest of the awards. So my playoff teams, I have the Bills winning their division, the Ravens winning their division, the um, – the uh in the in the AFC West I have the Chiefs winning their division and then in the AFC um South I'm going with the um with the Tennessee Titans to win their division. Any pushback for you on any of those? Um in in the North I'm gonna take the Vikings. In the in, No no we're in, in, we're AFC AFC. AFC AFC North I'm gonna go ahead and pick the Indianapolis Colts. Um I really don't love Philip Rivers in in Indy but the line is so good. They have some good playmakers, um, and if and, and and if he doesn't work out, they always got Brissett. You know, um, I think in terms of being built completely, I think the Colts are the best team in the AFC North. See, I'm gonna disagree with you on that one, Cohen. I think that Philip Rivers has definitely lost some arm strength, and he won't be as good. I think the Colts have a lot of talent and a lot of. They have a great offensive line. They have a great defense. But one, I think not having a home crowd is really gonna hurt them. But on top of not being able to have a home crowd. I also just think, you know, Philip Rivers is a turnover machine, man, and I don't think you can change that about him. I think he's still going to make some risky throws and make some hot-headed plays. When I look at the Titans, I think Vrabel has everybody all bought in. I think they have a great system. I think they know how to win football games. I mean, look, think about this. They are seasoned pretty much every, for the last three years with Mariota as their quarterback. They either made the playoffs or missed the playoffs on the last game of the season, and that's with Marcus Mariota being the thir- being the 30th best quarterback in the league combined for all three of those years. I mean, Tannehill pretty much just has to walk out there and complete a few passes to be better than Mariota was. I don't see any way the Titans don't come back and win this division once again. Plus, they just added Jadavion Clowney. So, I mean, that defense is stacked. I like the Colts. Uh, the, the Titans, I don't think backing up the Brinks truck to to – Tannehill's door was the correct idea. I think they have a really no. good team the way that they're built. Um, they're not going to over-exceed our expectations like, like they did last playoffs ever again. They're going to be about exactly what they think, which is a really good team. Also, too, I think in a COVID year, it's going to take the Colts a couple games to get that chemistry and everything down. I think that's going to end up hurting them. I still have the Colts in the playoffs as a wild card, though. Okay. Um, for So, like I said, I mean, we both said we had the Ravens winning the division. Yep. Any pushback for you on the AFC East with the Bills winning the division? No, I don't. I think I think the Bills, with the Patriots taking a step back, I think the Patriots can be better than the Bills, especially with Bill Belichick as head coach and, and their defense still playing so well, even with everybody sitting out. I just think this is the year for the Bills that they kind of absurd the Patriots and kind of put their foot in and say, hey, we're not the little brothers no more. We actually have a really good team. Our defense is better than yours. Let's get it. Okay, okay. I'm with you on that one. And then, I mean, in the West, I don't think you're pushing back on me with the Chiefs, right? No, no, not at all. Okay, perfect, perfect. I would have called you crazy if you said that. Um, you get three wild cards this year in the NFL. Who are you taking for your three wild cards, Cullen? Out of the out of the AFC, I've got mm-hmm. the um, Tennessee Titans. I have got the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, and I have the New England Patriots. Okay, so we have I have the Colts as the as the wild card instead of as a division winner. Okay, so I mean we pretty much just have those two flip flopped. We both have the Steelers in there. Look, I'm actually looking out at the AFC West. I was kind of hoping you would pick the Broncos because I was about to go in on you if you took the Broncos. I am so I, lo- I I couldn't be any lower right now on the Broncos. Hey man, if you go look at Drake, Jake Locker's no or uh, Drew, I call Drew him Jake Locker. Locker. If you go look at Drew Locke's numbers broken down, 
I mean, I'm not going to lie. You really aren't going to like what you're going to see there if you go look at how they if, how they break down in college. Um, I'm actually going to go with the Las Vegas Raiders getting the last spot here in the playoffs. I think that John Gruden knows what he's doing with this team, man. Before everybody got hurt last year in week in uh, week 15, this team was seven and seven with a shot to make the playoffs. I think they'll be in a similar situation once again, but this time I think they'll be able to break over the top. I could see Josh Jacobs having a breakthrough season and taking his game to the next level this year. I think Derek Carr has young weapons around him and I think they're going to be able to do it and honestly too that defense man they've stacked that defense up with all these young draft picks and everything it's time for the Raiders to use some of these draft picks man cash in and have a winning season I like the Las Vegas Raiders in their first year in a new situation everything to break through and make the playoffs I like the Las Vegas Raiders as a whole I think John Gruden like you said is doing the right thing and he knows what he's doing and he's building a really good team down uh in, in in Las Vegas the one thing that I do think is holding them back Despite how much of a quarterback whisperer John Gruden is, Derek Carr, I don't think Derek Carr is your man. I think he needs to. I think they need to go in a different direction. Derek Carr just misses so many throws. He looked really good last year, and he looked really good in what 2016. But I think that he is the one thing holding them back. Um, I think with with Rugs, you're going to need an actual prototypical quarterback. Carr's not it for that reason. I'm out on the Raiders. Hey, fair enough, fair enough. Um, last team, or actually, wait, we've, we're done with the it. AFC that now. Yeah. Um, who are you picking to play in the AFC title game, and who's coming out of the AFC? Who do I pick in the AFC title game? It will uh-huh. be the Ravens, I would say, versus the Bills. And as much as I love the Bills, the Ravens would probably, probably do them. Um, I think if that's the matchup, you're correct. But I'm going to say not so fast, Cohen. You're forgetting that the Kansas City Chiefs, not only do they have the best offensive-minded coach in the entire NFL, but they have the Michael Jordan of football playing quarterback for them. And as long as that man is walking out with two legs onto a football field, there is nobody stopping this team. I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs to go back to the Super Bowl once again, and I mean, it's tough to pick against them, man. It, it sure is, but one thing that I know from betting is that once one team wins a title, there's always some natural regression once one team has has tape on you and can figure you out, uh, I'm not saying that they're gonna, you know, be kicked out of the first round, but I could see a really hard fought second round playoff game getting them out. Or if they played the Ravens in the AFC title game, I don't know if the Chiefs will win again. Hey, you know, Lamar Jackson still has never won a playoff game. He has as many playoff wins as I do. Yep. Um, I'm actually going with the, with the Chiefs though beating the Bills in that in that uh, AFC championship game. So. There's a little tidbit for you guys right there. Um, Now let's move over here to the NFC. So for the NFC East, I have Dallas winning this division in a dogfight. And honestly, I think Dallas is – I think it's only going to take 8-8, 9-7 to win this division. What do you think? I've got the Cowboys winning the the division at 10-6. I don't necessarily know if um, – I don't know if it's the fact that the Cowboys – team is so clean they have very little weaknesses but Mike McCarthy I don't know if he was the 100% correct pick to come in and be the head coach but he is going to be better than Jason Garrett just by lieu of not being a, a, a wet carpet so I do think that the uh, Dallas Cowboys win this division at 10 and 6 the Eagles are just far too hurt I think the Eagles are the, are the better team on the field not on paper but I think the Eagles are too hurt this year See, I agree with you completely on that one. They already have cluster injuries at wide receiver and on the offensive line. I mean, I think the Eagles. I mean, they're gonna they're still gonna have a good team if they if they can get people healthy and back and kind of right the ship at the beginning of the season, they can win the division. But I don't personally think that's a lot to uh, ask for for this team. It is. Um, and 
Next team we got here on the list is the NFC North, and I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers to repeat once again. Look, I'm not exactly the biggest fan of the world of this pick, but I'm 150% sure, and I've bet the Minnesota Vikings going under their season win total of nine wins, and I'm 150% sure the Vikings will not make the playoffs this year. Therefore, I just see the Packers doing it again. I think LaFleur is way too smart. I think they're going to ground and pound the football and use their gritty, nitty-gritty defense and their home field advantage of the way the field plays when it gets cold outside and not having the fans in the stands to uh, win this division. If I could vote for a tie, I would, between the Vikings and the Packers. I think those teams are just as good as each other. I would obviously give the edge a little bitty bit to the Packers because they have Aaron Rodgers and the Vikings don't. Um, I think the Vikings are overall a better team, so I'm going to vote for them to win the division at, I guess, 11-5. and five. Hey, I'm going to tell you real quick why the biggest fade for me on the entire season is on the Vikings. Look, the Vikings lost, lost their entire pretty much defensive backfield besides Harrison Smith. They lost Everson Griffin. They lost Linval Joseph, who's a top five player. He was a top or top ten run stopper in the entire NFL. Now Daniil Hunter, who is the fastest player to ever get to hundred sacks, is out for at least three weeks. I mean, I mean, I know they add Yannick Ngawe. It's not like he's going to learn the playbook in a week and a half and be in there to game wrecking and then get the same time rushing off the edge. I mean, you don't have to know everything, but still some stuff. You know, I personally think. The Vikings take a huge step backwards. Also, too, who's going to play wide receiver before him besides Adam Thielen? I mean, they traded away Diggs. Justin Jefferson, the reports out of camp is he looks awful against the second teamers. He looks like he can't even play. He ran all of his routes out of the slot. Adam Thielen, when he runs out of the slot, is a top five receiver in the league. And when he runs out of any other area, he is next to uh, useless in the NFL. So I think that's another horrible pick right there. I think the Vikings take a huge step backwards and also – they have one. They have a top three home field advantage in the NFL. They're not going to have for them this year. I think the Vikings miss the playoffs and have a disappointing season at eight and eight or seven and nine. Think about it this way: if it was up to Kirk Cousins, he would only throw to Adam Thielen. Look at all the drama that was surrounding Stephon Diggs last year. I think I, I don't think that the phrase uses addition by subtraction, but I don't I don't think you lose much at all by losing Diggs. You lo- you lose one vertical threat who didn't get the ball a lot anyway. I think Thielen gets better under these conditions. Yeah, I mean, I think Thielen has better output, but, I mean, they did nothing to replace him. Um, For the NFC South, we obviously don't need to talk about that one again because we both took the Buccaneers to win that division. Mm. NFC West, I mean, I think this one's pretty straightforward. I don't even need an explanation. 49ers? Yeah, I I think the Seahawks get close, but I I think they they missed the, the, the division leader by about a game or two. Yeah, I think no fans in the stands hurts the Seahawks too a lot. That, I mean, we know how crazy things that, get at that Yes. Yeah, we know how crazy things get there. Um, right before we get up out of here and in this podcast, we got to pick. Actually, wait, wait, wait. We still got a few more awards. What am I saying? But no, first, we got to pick and, our and, wild and, cards. And, yeah, we have three wild cards for the for the NFL. Yeah, we got our wild cards and we got our awards. Sorry, guys, we got to hold y'all a little bit longer for this one. Um, for our three wild card teams right here, um, I'll let you go ahead and name yours first once again, Kellen. All right, for my three wild card teams, I would go ahead and say the New Orleans Saints. The minute or the Green Bay Packers and the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, I'm gonna go with the. Um, all right, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. It's been very hard for me to figure out my wild cards for both, but I'm gonna go with the Detroit Lions. I'm not mad the Atlanta at Falcons and the Seattle Seahawks is my wild cards. The Lions are due for a huge bounce back here with Stafford coming back healthy and with some time to rest. The wide receiver core is stacked and they got AP. Sign my ass up. 
That's what I'm saying. You kind of segued into our next award we're going to do here in a second. Who were who would you pick one more time? You picked. You said you picked the Packers, the Saints, and the Seahawks. Yep. Okay. Okay. Hey, you know, I think it's tough to pick these wild cards for both sides. There's a lot of teams that are going to be competing for both of them. A lot of teams are going to be good. So we'll end up seeing what happens there. Before we go to the awards, who's, who's your NFC championship game and who's coming out of it? I think the NFC champion is going to be held by the um, – the, the, the champion will be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But I think they will be playing the San Francisco 49ers in that game. Um, I'm actually going to go with the 49ers. Wait, you picked the Buccaneers to win the NFC? Yeah. Ooh, that's I'm, bold dude, there, Kobe. It's Bruce Arians, Tom Brady, Gronk, Leonard Fournette, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and a stacked-ass defense. That's all I need to know. Okay, okay. Look, I think the Buccaneers will end up making a little run at everything, but at the end of the day, man, I'm going with the Seahawks versus the 49ers here, and I'm going with the 49ers beating the Seahawks and going back to the Super Bowl. And, yes, I do have the same Super Bowl matchup as last year, but honestly, there's no humanly possible way I can pick against the 49ers, man. I mean, Kyle Shanahan is the smartest coach in the entire NFL except for Bill Belichick, so offensively minded, he's the smartest coach in the league. I mean, there's just no way the 49ers don't get back there, especially with their defense getting even better. Who thought this team could get better? But they got better. I mean, I just don't see how the 49ers don't make it back once again. And then in my Super Bowl prediction, I have the Kansas City Chiefs beating the 49ers again in a rematch. I have the Baltimore Ravens beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. See, I think that your um, I think I think that your prediction will probably be more right than mine because the exact same matchup almost never happens never, in the championship. Never. But I just feel like these teams are head and shoulders above everyone, and there's no humanly possible way I can pick against against uh, against um, Pat Mahomes, and there's no way I can go against Shanahan. I mean, it's they, just they've convinced me too much. What you're saying is absolutely correct, but there was no way that I was going to pick against the the Ravens against the Titans last year either. You know, like. Like you said, these matchups almost never duplicate, and there have been teams that have been what we thought have been elite that have been eliminated in, in early in the playoffs in years past. So I don't think that just being that good sets you apart in the playoffs. You have to, you have to show up and play the game too. Hey, fair enough, fair enough. It's me interesting to see what happens. Well, I said you gave us the perfect segue into the awards, so let's go ahead and start out with Comeback Player of the Year. At comeback for my NFL comeback player of the year, let me pull this up so I can give you all the exact odds. I've got Big um, Ben at plus three fifty, Rob uh, Rob Gronk at plus three fifty, Cam Newton at plus four fifty, JJ Watt at six hundred, Stafford at seven hundred, AJ Green at eight hundred, Alex Smith at twelve hundred, Nick Foles at twelve hundred, and Alden Smith at two thousand. Miles Garrett is at plus twenty five hundred, but I don't think he qualifies for comeback player of the year just from being disciplined. Yeah, I don't think he does either. My pick is Matt Stafford um, at plus 700. I think the Detroit Lions are going to have a good record no matter what they do in terms of playoff this year. Um, I think the the Lions are a good team when Matt Stafford plays, only when Matt Stafford plays. And at plus 700, it's a great value. Damn you, Cohen. That was exactly what I was going to say right yep. there. I picked and I have bet Matthew Stafford to win a comeback player of the year. Cam Newton is a safe play if you want to think anything at plus 450 is safe. If the if, if the New England Patriots have nine wins this year, I think he wins it. Eh, I, I really think Stafford, man. Stafford's going to have the numbers. Stafford's going to air that football out. That, Matthew Stafford's honestly a beast. I think he's slept on as being that, he the, being that guy. He's that guy, and I think he's slept on as being that guy, so... He's my I'm fantasy quarterback a, in both my leagues. 
Yeah, same. I've got him too in most of my leagues. I'm heavy on Stafford this year, so I'm 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 right there with you on that one for Stafford. Um, who are you picking for um, MVP this year? Regular season MVP. Mm-hmm. It's dumb to not say the word Patrick Mahomes, but I mean. It's dumb not not to say Patrick Mahomes, so so I have to. But if anybody else, I'd say Russell Wilson. Okay, okay. I don't hate that Russell Wilson prediction. I actually do have some money on Russell Wilson to win regular season MVP. Twelve hundred um, plus twelve hundred is, is Russell Wilson. Yeah, I think that's absolutely absurd that he could be at that number. But I actually played, and I really really like. I'm going to give you all my explanation right here. Call me crazy, but I think it's worth it. Josh Allen is my regular season MVP. Now, you can sit here and be like, oh, Thomas, you're crazy, you're crazy. You're only saying that because you've been on the Josh Allen hype train since he ever came in the NFL. But first off, his odds are plus 4,675. Risking $25 wins you over $1,000 on Josh Allen winning MVP. You could say, oh, the odds are that for a reason. But think about it. Think about the narrative for the MVP every single year. It's a player who takes his team to the next level. It's a team that you kind of didn't think would get to that level. Mahomes, he bursts on the scene out of nowhere when he wins MVP, you know? Same thing with last year. Lamar Jackson bursts on the scene out of nowhere, wins MVP. Josh Allen has the exact same blueprint to do it once again. His offense gets better adding Stephon Diggs to it. The Bills are probably going to win 12 games this season and possibly have the best record in the entire NFL this year. On top of that, they add Zach Moss. He's got another good catching running back in Devin Singletary. Smokey Brown went over 1,000 yards. He's back again this season. I mean, Josh Allen on the goal line is your power back who's going to run in all the touchdowns. Josh Allen's going to have the touchdowns. If he can get to the passing yards and the rush yards, if he can go over 3,000 pass yards, over 1,000 yards rushing or close to it, if he can do something or other like that and lead this team to a winning season, I think Josh Allen is a great odds as an as a sleeper. Therefore, I'm going to pick him, and Russell Wilson is going to be my chalky MVP winner. Yeah, and uh, one thing that I do want to say about the NFL MVP award is that it is the only – MVP award in all of pro sports that actually means most valuable player, not best player. MVP should mean team guy most important to their team, and usually it does. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I just feel like the blueprint's there for Josh Allen. I mean, I'm not saying it's a mortal lock or anything, but if you look at the narrative of who's been winning the MVP the last couple of years, Josh Allen perfectly fits the mold. He's on the team that's ready to go to the next level. Why not him? Um, next, let's go Offensive Rookie of the Year. I'll start us out on this one. I'm going to go with Cam Akers, um, running back for the Rams. Look, Cam Akers is a beast, guys. I watched him play every single game he played at Florida State. This guy is different. He played quarterback in college. He was a top three recruit when he came out of college and went to Florida State. If he played on any decent team, he would be a household name and would have gone in the first round. He's ten times better – or not ten times, but he is just as good as, if not better, than Swift. Or of um, or of Jonathan Taylor, he's at his odds right now are plus um, one thousand five hundred forty nine, risking twenty five dollars when you three hundred eighty seven dollars and twenty five cents on him. Um, look, I think everything's there for Cam Akers. This Rams team is going to run that eleven personnel. They said they want to ground and pound the football. We've seen what Todd Gurley did in that offense. I think Cam Akers with his pass catching ability and his ability to run the ball between the tackles, I think he has a great chance to win it. If he doesn't, if he doesn't win it, my chalky pick would be the obvious one with Joe Burrow. But he's only plus two. He's only two to one plus like plus two hundred two or something like that. Three I mean, Joe Burrow is going to put the numbers. Okay, so he's three to one is what you see. It's, so it's two eighty. It's plus two eighty. So. Okay, yeah, so pretty much 3-1. to one. Yeah, I mean, I think Joe Burrow, I think if it's not a quarterback, it's going to be Cam Akers. But if it's a quarterback, it's going to be Joe Burrow. 
I think this is the closest race that we will have out of all awards. Um, I like Joe Burrow to win the award in real life, just not thinking in terms of value and money, but because it's only plus 275, I'm not really super high on that bet. I do like Cam Akers at plus 1,000. I do like um, Tua at plus 1,000. If DeAndre Swift uh, wouldn't have had AP, I would have loved it to hit him for plus 1,600. Um, Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb could both win it at 1,700 and 1,800. Um, I like Ruggs. I even like guys like Antonio Gibson at plus 5,000. If, if the Redskins run him into the ground, he could he could easily win it. Like, the spot is really open for him to win it if, if, if the Redskins give him all the carries. No, no, you're definitely right. There's definitely – I think there's a lot of chances. That's what, just why I like Cam Akers so much. I feel like he's in that right offensive system and everything. I'll say this because because there's the so much uncertainty from Malcolm Brown and, and the Rams' other running backs, I think the job is him his to win. Hey, I agree with you completely there on that one. Um, before we get done here, we just got a couple more real quick. Um, defensive rookie of the year here. Um, I'm gonna go with Chase Young. Man, Cohen, is there any reason not to go with Chase Young here? I feel like it's obvious and clear with this one. No, I think if you wanted to take Jeff Okuda for the plus eighteen hundred or whatever he finished at, I know he opened it right at eighteen hundred. Um, Okuda is a good pick for the Lions. But I don't know if he's going to shine and get all the numbers and do everything. I like his value at plus eighteen hundred, but I do think it's Chase Young's award to write him in for. Yeah, that's, I think this is the I think this is one of the most easily predictable ones of the whole season is Chase Young winning this one. I'm not going to bet it though; it's just not worth it to me. But the there's I mean there's not there's just such little return on that one, so it's just not worth betting to me. If if the Niners really do get that much better in terms of defense, or even replicate what they did last year, Javon Kinlaw at plus. 2100 is a good pick too Ooh, ooh all right all right i think that's actually the flyer right there cohen i think that's, that's the, flyer. the flyer that's the flyer okay okay i like that one um who are you going with defensive player of the year and why defensive player of the year i'm going to go ahead and say khalil mack at plus 1100 with the numbers that he puts up i know donald ooh. is is the favorite but i think khalil mack is a better overall player than aaron donald and the bears bears defense really didn't have a great year last year and the bears total team didn't have a great year last year so i like him in a bounce back spot at plus 1100 it's great odds yeah i mean i honestly think that's a pretty good one right there cohen i think you hit the nail on the head there i'm actually going to go back to the 49ers and i'm going to go with nick bosa to win this award i think this 49ers d line is even more nasty and mean and disgusting than they were last year i think that i mean i think quarterbacks and teams are going to have nightmares about going up again to play against the 49ers this season therefore there's no way that i can go against and get 49ers guy getting this award i will say this i personally think the bears are gonna have a good season i think khalil Mack's not a bad one but I honestly think even Jadavian Clowney's not a bad one either to try a little flyer out on, but I'm going with Nick Bosa to win this award. My flyer is going to be Melvin Ingram because of the absence okay. of Ron Miller. And Melvin Ingram is at plus 6,600. Probably a little bit less now that Von Miller has been declared officially out. Wait, Melvin Ingram plays for the Chargers, though. Oh, shit. God damn it. Same division. Um, <laughs> damn, damn! Who is um who who then? Who am I thinking of? Who's the who's the guy right? Oh, is it is it Lawrence? Demarcus Lawrence? Or no, that's Cowboys. Um, who, Demarcus who Lawrence of? on Dallas. You, you're thinking of um from the from Denver. NC State. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on his name either. But yeah, the guy Bradley Chubb. Bradley Chubb. He's right here in front of my face. Him plus four thousand. I think is a good flyer with the absence of Von Miller. I think all those tackles and all those sacks that Von does generate are up for grabs. Bradley Chubb can do it. Not sure if he will, but he can. Hey, not a bad choice right there. Um, is there – oh, yeah, last award that we haven't done yet, Coach of the Year. Who are you going with on this one? Um, I say this every year, and 
I'll continue to say it, Mike Tomlin. Okay. Hey, I definitely think that's not a bad selection at all right there. Tomlin's going to have a chance, man, to get this award. Look, I'm actually going to go with Sean McDermott of the Buffalo Bills. I think he's going to take this team to a 13-3, and 12-4 type season, win the division the first time someone not named the New England Patriots wins the division. Give the man the reward he deserves for doing it. Sure enough. I like that. Um, did we miss any awards? I think we got them all. Nope. I think we're good. I think we got every Hey, uh, Hey, perfect. All right, guys. Well, appreciate everyone tuning in once again for this episode. We have finished all the NFL season previews. I've got my even my college football season preview up and posted and everything. Cranked out a ton of podcasts for y'all this week. But y'all know tomorrow is Friday, which means that my NFL and college football matchup podcast where we go through and pick the spreads on the biggest games and then we give y'all a few of our favorite bets we're taking this weekend will come out tomorrow at some point as well so you know the grind don't stop cohen you got any last words for everybody before we get up out of here uh check me and pinlet out on the action network app that's where we release most of our picks we try to put them on instagram and twitter and facebook but action is the best place to get our picks live as they happen it's a really good app i, d- I greatly recommend it uh check me out on instagram at cohen underscore hughes or at tdv pod that's, that is the Daily Degenerate podcast which for which I am the host. Finland comes on all the time. Gives me some great content. Yeah, me and Cohen are actually about to run through every single game in the NFL. So if y'all want to hear what I'm thinking and what Cohen's thinking on every single game in the NFL, go listen to the new episode. I'm going to share it on my Twitter, on my Facebook, and Instagram. So it'll be up on all those platforms as well. So y'all look out for all that. But we appreciate everyone tuning in, and we'll talk to y'all again soon on next episode. Thanks, guys.